Every year of our lives as Christians upon this earth, we are afforded with wonderful possibilities to be realized. They stand before us like mountaintops of hope and encouragement. The clouds of the past year may have kept you from seeing them clearly, but they're there, and you should be aware of them. Welcome, everyone, to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joe Van Hoogen, and it's been my honor to be the Bible teacher at this ministry for over 20 years. We've rejoiced to be able to come to you every weekday. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, the Bread of Life, in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. And let me extend to you an invite to join our times of worship every Sunday at 11 p.m. We meet in the Old White Church at the corner of Walnut and East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. That's for worship at 11 p.m. every Sunday. Please come and join us. Now, we've already considered the mountaintops of promises to claim in Jesus Christ and of spiritual possibilities to pursue in Christ. And we look now at the privileges we may enter into in the new year and the opportunities for eternal impact that are waiting for us to maximize. This next year could be a very good year. Here's the third one. There are the mountaintops of Christian privileges in Christ. We can name a number of them, but I believe the greatest privilege of all is what is revealed to us in the book of Hebrews. That because of Christ's sacrifice for our sins, because he has made the final sacrifice for sins and brought it before God in the highest temple, in the holy temple of heaven, and because he is our great high priest, that we have the privilege laying hold of the garment of our high priest to enter, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, with boldness into the holy of holies. We have boldness to come into the presence of God and to entertain his presence and to speak to him and commune with him and make our requests known to him. And prayer, fellowship, communion, immediately turning ourselves into the way of his presence is always the great, great privilege of the follower of Jesus Christ. It's what he's opened up to us. In the Old Testament, you had God dwelling and tabernacling in the midst of the people of Israel. They camped around the tabernacle. There in the tabernacle was the courtyard where they met God. There was inside the tabernacle a holy place where all of the various priests might go to make offerings for the people and to present the prayers of the people in the holy place. There beyond that, a curtain was the most holy place where the high priest himself would go once a year to stand in the presence of a holy God and intercede for the nation and now what the word of God reveals to us through Jesus Christ is at any moment and at all times through him we may press all the way into the most holy place the presence of God to enjoy and experience his grace and his mercy and it is in a sense again the regret of the last year that we availed ourselves too little of that great privilege we lived outside of that presence, but it is our great privilege to live inside that presence and be near him. One of the things you might want to develop in your life over the next year is to nurture in your life a consciousness of being in the presence of God, an awareness that he's there and you're there before him. I've used this illustration on a few different occasions. It struck me, I was reading the, a biography of the life of Andrew Murray, 
A young man had seen Andrew Murray in the city in South Africa where he lived. He saw Andrew Murray crossing as an old man across a street. Andrew Murray stopped in the middle of the intersection of the street for a brief period of time and then proceeded to walk across. The young man waited on the other side of the street because he wanted to greet him. Greeted him and then said, I'm curious, uh, Dr. Murray, I noticed that you stopped in the middle of the street before you finished coming across. Why did you stop in the middle of the street? And Andrew Murray, this godly man, said, well, I suddenly became aware that I had lost a sense of the presence of God. Well, there's a habit I'd like to develop in my life. More and more. An awareness that I'm with him and present before him and entertaining that and living in that and claiming all of the privileges that come with that. All the privileges that come with that. My senior pastor told the story as a young boy living in Everett, Washington, and there were a couple of boys that were bullying him and picking on him, and he was in downtown Everett on one occasion, and they saw him, and he was just a little, little kid, and he was running away from them, fleeing from the presence. They were hightailing after him, and he's hightailing away from them, and he, he came around a corner, and just as he came around a corner, his eyes popped up to see his father walking on the sidewalk, and he reached out with his arm like grabbing a hold of a pole, and he swung around so that he had his, both arms on either side of his father's legs, and he was looking back through his father's legs as these two boys came scudding around the corner and came to a halt. And there he was, staring at them between the pillars of his father's legs and staring them down. And these boys stopped their pursuit, backed away, greeted him, treated him kindly, and walked on their way. And, oh, listen, I don't know what comes against you. You know, the enemy does come against us, and he attacks us, and he tries to defeat us. But if you would know that God is so present, that you could claim him and grab a hold of him and you could look out at the enemy and the challenges in life between the pillars of the unmoving, unchanging God who's your father. It's a privilege, it's ours. It's been given to us. It's your privilege to see all of life around you as a gift that God gives you to aid you in your ability to enjoy him and live for him and live for his glory. I think the reason that Paul, by the way, was able to say that he had learned in all things to be content was that he was confident that God was sovereign over all things. So that it didn't matter what the situation was in his life, that God had brought into his life, that God had brought him into. He believed God, a good, loving God, a God who designed all things for the purpose of enhancing his ability to enjoy him and experience him, that God was in control. And God had a plan of those things. And as a result, Paul was able to be content he took hold of the privilege of knowing that this God was his God and this God was watching over him. Here's a fourth one. There is the mountaintop of challenging opportunities through Christ. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and received him as your Lord and Savior, you know that the moment that you began to enter into the realization of that great truth, that profound reality that you were literally, wonderfully, powerfully saved by the work of Jesus Christ dying for you and rising for you and living in you by the presence of his Holy Spirit, what began to be born in you in that moment was a desire to make an eternal impact in the world in which you lived. You had an instinct that began to rise within you that came upon you because you were born again of the Spirit of God and divine instincts of God's own divine life was rising within you and it was an instinct to do significant and great things for God. And these instincts, by the way, are not foolish and they're not to be dampened. 
They're to be fanned into flame and enlivened into an active life of ministries. Sometimes in churches where people are getting stodgy and they're just kind of going along with the flow. They just want to have kind of a status quo of sanctimony. And there's a new person who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and they really met the Lord and they're very excited. They disrupt them and they try to dampen that person's experience. They try to get them to kind of get into line. And... No. no, it's the life. It's the instincts of born-again life that God brings within us. It's the instinct to love others in Jesus' name and for his sake as never before. It's the instinct to lead others to the Lord Jesus for salvation and life that you found yourself. It's the instinct to pass on to others the precious things that you yourself are discovering from God. It's the instinct to serve God and to render him loving obedience and to serve those that God loves. You want to honor and glorify your Savior, and you want to honor and glorify those in a sense that the Savior died for. You see something majestic in God, but you also see something majestic in man and what God would do for man. Our Lord Jesus' last command was to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and to teach them to obey everything that he commanded us. And this command was basically a commission to live up to the instincts that God places in his children. In other words, when we read the commands in the New Testament, we're not given some new turn, some additional fact of information that you need to achieve in your life to be a great Christian. All that God does in the commands, all that the Lord does in giving us commands in the New Testament is show us the pathways to live out the instincts of the Christian life. To do the very things that he's put in our heart to do because he's given us new life in him. We say, oh, look, uh, speak the truth to one another in love. And you read it and you say, I don't want to do that. I want to continue leaving a duplicitous life where I get what I want. No, no, no. You've been born again. You read that and you say, of course. Of course I want to live a life of integrity before others. I want to speak the truth to others. And yes, I want to speak the truth out in love. It strikes a chord of the new life you have in Jesus Christ. and You want to put it all together, it's this. I want to lead people to Jesus Christ. And I want to lead them into the obedience that Christ himself is leading me into. As they understand him and know him and understand his word. This year we have opportunities to touch others with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have before us glorious new opportunities to midwife new babies into the kingdom, to teach others the precious truths that God is teaching us. Pursue those opportunities. Long for them and seek them out. You can push back the kingdom of darkness and make gains for the kingdom of God in light. One last little point here as a conclusion. I want you to notice that all of these mountaintops that Noah saw were seen from the ark. And for us, the ark that we get into that takes us over the waters of judgment and desolation and destruction is Jesus Christ. We get on board him, we get into his life, we go into him and we give our life to him and he saves us and rescues us from the judgment that God is bringing and has brought upon the world and we live in him. And we live above those things and we live and he carries us through those things. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you, you're not really going to appreciate these mountaintops. The year will just hold another year of maybe being a survivor and getting through and just honing your own physical abilities, honing your own personal capacities. 
But oh, if you know him, oh, if you don't, get in the ark. Get in the ark. Get in him and rest in him and he'll deliver you from judgment and he'll open up to you all these wonderful promises and possibilities and privileges and opportunities. Opportunities for eternal impact and significance. All before us in the year to come. Let's thank him for that and let's claim those things in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us in the past year. We glorify you in those things that you were pleased to do for us and in us and through us. We thank you for every point and every place in which we, living in your presence and abiding in you, were able to carry your presence and your life into our community, into our families, into our homes. We also praise you and thank you how quick you are to rush to wash us and cleanse us and forgive us when we fail in these things. May this year demonstrate a progress in our life led by your Holy Spirit to hold more securely to your promises, to live more vibrantly and powerfully in the possibilities that you have for us, to exercise ourselves in the great privilege of your presence. Oh God, out of it, dear God, may we maximize the opportunities to live for your glory and to proclaim the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ to others. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.